Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, The Arches of Heaven, a commentary on verse 35 from Surah Al-Baqarah by Sheikh Muhammad Fawzi Al-Karkari. May God sanctify his secret. The Prophet وسلم, described how each heaven compared to the next is like a ring thrown down upon an open plain, and how the seventh heaven is the same compared to the footstool as is the footstool to the throne. In the same way, there is a niche within a niche within a niche, and so on. Here in this world, which you must search for while you have time, so that it may be a door for you to the presence of God, which is a paradise as broad as heaven and earth. So if the seven heavens are like rings each inside the other, and if paradise is as broad as the heavens and the earth, this ring cannot be, as we might imagine, a regular circle with 360 degrees. It must be the shape of an egg, since it has a breadth and a length, as we said, though the exact nature of the length is unknown to us. Therefore, the ring must be made of two arches, two bows, two bows length away or nearer, the outward arch and the inward arch. The inward arch is beyond our reckoning, the arch of the heavens. The outward arch, the arch of earth, can be measured by science. But the earth itself is but a dot in the heavens and really is part of the heavens. Everything that you see upon the earth and in the sky, all the stars and planets, is but one arch. And the other arch is something we have not yet seen a single atom of. Quote, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard. End of quote. So as the inward arch expands upwards, it forms something like a triangle with its points downwards, beginning narrow and then broadening as it rises. A chain of arches within arches, narrow at the bottom and wide at the top. The lower part is visible to us and we may measure it, while the higher part is beyond our apprehension. All of the things we describe about the wider universe, the galaxies, constellations, and so on, are still within the material world, the lowest level, not beyond it, although sometimes they are described otherwise. For example, some say that the sun is in the fourth heaven. Yet, in fact, the sun is in our own galaxy, and if we were to exit our galaxy, we would encounter many other suns and galaxies. Which sun, then, is in the fourth heaven? If it's our sun, then what heaven are all those other suns in? In fact, everything that can be perceived in the world by physical means is part of the material world, the mulk, even if it's in the sky. Where then is the spiritual world, the malakut? It cannot be seen or measured by material standards, for it is composed of enduring meanings. So God said, Adam, dwell you and your wife in the garden. Dwell in meanings, in the disclosures of the meanings that are nearest to God's presence. 
in the garden of purity, where you may do as you please, and eat thereof freely wheresoever you wish without the need to follow laws, except for one tree which you may not approach, for it is a hole which you will fall through if you go near it. If you do, you will have to return by seeking and ascending until the heaven splits and becomes a crimson rose and swallows you up, whereupon God will forgive your sins and you will enter the unseen arch. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu said, What is in the Basmallah is in the Ba. The letter Ba is an arch and a dot. And he said, The secret of the Ba is the dot, and I am the dot. The secret of the arch will open to you, and through it you will ascend to the breath of heaven and earth. And the dot is the glittering planet, the star of guidance. If you find this star and follow its guidance, you will discover what is within the arch of the Ba, which represents for you the breath of the heavens. Then you will enter the length of the arch of the unseen, which represents the immeasurable vastness of paradise. You must be the dot yourself and enter the material arch. The likeness of his light is as a niche. If you enter this niche and find this star, it will become for you the star of guidance bearing you across the seas of the niche. Therefore, when the niche discloses itself to the disciple and he enters it, he sees himself moving at the speed of a ship or passing through a tunnel at the speed of light with stars all around. The reason for this is that when you enter the niche, you find yourself in another dimension that is not like ours. So our master Adam, alayhi salam, was given permission and allowed to float through the spiritual domains of the all-merciful, both he and his essence. Therefore, when a person ascends, he ascends with his soul, with his essence, and sees himself floating. It is not that his body is split from his soul. His body remains with his soul, and although he is sitting at home, he sees himself ascending through the spiritual realm from time to time and dimension to dimension in body and in spirit. This is why when you find yourself floating in the sea of lights, even if you open your eyes, you can still see them, which shows you that it is not something internal only, but external as well. A similar thing was true of the ascension of the Prophet Rasulullah. Not exactly the same, but similar. He was taken up into the heavens, but he did not leave his place. He entered the niche of God and saw his ascension from one dimension to another. He led the prophets in prayer, though of course their earthly lives were long past, but in that other dimension he found them awaiting him in the Aqsa Mosque and led them in prayer. Then our master Gabriel took him up through the arches of the heavens, each one unseen from the perspective of the previous one, and in each one he encountered a prophet waiting to greet him. Yet our mother Aisha said that his place remained warm, 
although he did not leave the place, he passed through the arches of heaven until he was two bows length away or nearer. This is how his ascension from Mecca to Jerusalem and then to the lote tree of the farthest boundary was analogous to God's words to Adam, Dwell you and your wife in the garden. The Companionship of Adam and Eve To begin with, they were not in the garden, for he made Adam his vice-regent upon earth. Then after he had shown the names to the angels and achieved everything, God sent him with his soul to dwell in in the garden. Our mother Eve did not appear until this point, for there is no mention of her in the preceding verses. She appeared when it was time for him to dwell in the garden. Adam became a duality after having been alone, and a copy of him was created to dwell with him. Adam was alone when he was made vice-regent, and when he was taught the names and presented them to the angels, and when the angels prostrated before him, but his wife shared his status in the garden among the divine disclosures by virtue of her dutifulness to him. Therefore, the Prophet said, quote, If God commanded anyone to prostrate to anyone, the wife would prostrate to her husband. End of quote. This refers to the wife's obedience to the husband and all those things that God approves. For one may never obey a created being if it means to disobey the Creator. If her husband is truly her imam and her caliph, although in our times often the women are more pious and God-fearing than the men, and if he keep his covenant with God, he will have no difficulties with his wife. If he fears none but God and worships none but God and always upholds the oneness of God, he will find that his wife is like his shadow following him everywhere and sharing in all the divine disclosures that he receives, for she is his breath. If the husband experiences disclosures and witnesses the beauty of God, the first place he will see this is in his wife. God will send down this beauty into his heart, and it will be reflected outwardly, primarily in his wife, who is his own breath. He will find her in his heart, beautiful, pious, and pleasing to God. She attained this without having to tell her so, for he concerned himself with seeking God, and she received blessings from him without having to seek it. She sees him praying, and so she prays behind him. She sees him invoking, and so she invokes behind him. His devotion to spiritual matters becomes her own, for he is the door to goodness for her, and her imam and her sheikh. The husband has a sublime effect upon the wife. The one who has difficulties with his wife and complains that she keeps him from his family or his religion or makes his life miserable in whatever way, what is the cause of this? 
it's because he is distant from the presence of his Lord. And he thinks that it's his wife who's making him that way. Though really, she's only assisting him in what he is doing to himself. If he held fast to the rope of God, he would help both of them draw nearer to the presence of God. The righteous wife assists her husband in religion and in the world. She learns to wake up for prayer from her husband, and so on the days when he does not wake, she wakes him. She keeps him from what is unlawful by being his companion in his bed, his life, and all his affairs. The cause of this is that his sole desire is to draw nearer to the disclosures of God and enter the garden as broad as heaven and earth, and he takes her with him. She is his wife in paradise, just as she was on earth, because the assistance he received in the outward arch becomes assistance for him in the unseen arch, and because she is his breath. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad, innaka hamidun majid.